Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Hasek. I played goalie because of Dominic Hasek. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to Two Goalies, One Mike trade special. I'm Johnny Cullen, joined alongside Dwayne. Dwayne, you've been all over this since the very beginning. How you doing? Um, We'll see at 3 o'clock if it can get any better than what it's been. I, At this point, I doubt it. I came I, in today not expecting much. Um, Taylor Hall's on, on his way out. Curtis Lazar's on his way out. Uh, we'll get to more in a minute. Um, other blockbuster deals that have gone down, if you had your head buried in the sand. Dwayne, you want to take us through the biggest ones? Well, obviously, you know, um, you saw, get, go ahead. You saw what happened with Columbus and Toronto. Nick Foligno on his way up to uh, up to Toronto with, uh, for the Maple Leafs in exchange for a first-round pick and four first-round picks with half salary retained. Uh, I know one of those fourth-round picks did go to San Jose because they had cap room to work with. Um, it's kind of help alleviate the trade for both sides. Uh, we already knew about the uh, trade that went down between New Jersey and uh, and the Islanders, but it was actually just reported. Um, well, not, I'm not sure how much of a report this actually is, but um, per someone named Steven Rosner, who uh, works for New York Islanders Hockey Now, it's being reported that the deal the Islanders had in place for Hall last Wednesday was basically identical to what was sent to the New Jersey Devils for Palmieri and Zajac in what I'm, for, from what I'm being told. Sabres would have received that first-round pick they wanted that other teams were hesitant to give. So this seems to be a situation where Hall didn't want to go there, I'd imagine, because or unless Kevin Adams thought maybe he can get more by saying no. I don't know. I think you're right on the first part. I think that with, with the extra comments that came out from Wasinski about Hall's no movement clause, and that's a whole other can of worms, I think that makes more sense to me. I agree. I, I think this was Hall trying to, you know, and this is why you don't give a no movement clause to a guy on a one-year deal, in my opinion. Like Listen, We've disagreed on almost everything today so far, but on that, I am with you 100%. Take, take the fans through your argument, or just how you worded it. It's just, it's just, it it blows my mind where you, going into this, you might have hopes of re-signing the guy. Sure. Okay. Great. But worst case scenario, you trade him at the deadline for what you would think would be a little bit of a ransom. So maybe in their minds, they're thinking like, well, what are the chances of this season going off the rails and us not getting what we want for Taylor Hall or Hall not willing, who's played for how many teams, not willing to just, you know, wave is no clay trade clause to go to a contender. Okay. Like maybe that's like the mindset, but with that being said, it's just, you know, why would you back yourself into a corner the way you have by offering him that if I'm Buffalo, if I have to sign Taylor hall, I'm actually giving him more money than the 8 million. Just so you're just so he doesn't want that. No way. No movement clause, because in my opinion, who's going to say no to an extra two hundred fifty thousand dollars in the grand scheme of things? If you're already paying him eight million dollars, 
like what's that extra 250,000 for to, to convince a guy and his agent, Hey, can we just get rid of this no movement clause? Because, you know, if things don't go the way we want them to, we would at least like to be able to, uh, predict you know dictate where we send you and the return we get because you backed yourself into this corner now this is all on you as an organization you should have never given him that no move clause yeah i i'm with you i, I think that listen when you when you sign deals you have to prepare yourself for for the best and the worst um Obviously, when they signed that deal and they felt comfortable giving them this, this no move, they didn't imagine themselves being in this situation. But good managers, good asset managers do that. And I think with a guy like Hall, you hope for the best that, hey, if things go well, we'll resign them. But you plan for the worst that, hey, if, if it doesn't go well, we can move them to the highest bidder. But with the non, no movement clause, you can't do that. And you're kind of, you know, by the balls by him and his agent. So. Um, I agree with you hundred percent there. It, it doesn't make sense. Um, it's, it's part of it. Um, it stinks. Um, it stinks. Uh, well, it is what it is. Um, the Islanders obviously made the first big splash to the deadline. Uh, we were, you know, the, the missing piece in that trade was, was Zajac being including on top of Paul Mary. I wondered who that would be for, uh, for Buffalo. Uh, I like Lazar. I think he's he's been a great PK guy. I think he's been our best face-off guy. Um, is he movable? Yeah. Is he outside of those guys, that unmovable core? No. Um, so uh, let's talk about the return, though, in, in the Hall trade. You get a second, and you get Anders Bjork. Um, Anders, you know, obviously coming in, he, uh, he has some experience playing with Granado. Jack Michael and under Don Granado, they played at the, you know, they played under Don at the, for the NDTP team back in the day. Um, Anders was uh, a native of Wisconsin, uh, an American guy, obviously. he He's put up, you know, very low numbers in his first, um, in his first few years as a pro, obviously was a part of that, uh, was a part of the Bruins playoff run last year. I remember he scored one nice goal in that first round. Other than that, uh, you know, he hasn't done much. Uh, he's a fifth-round pick by the Bruins back in 2014. Um, and, and looking at his numbers, you know, he went to Notre Dame. He, You know, he, he he had a great season in Notre Dame his senior year, I think, or what it has been his sophomore year. Before he had a good he college out. career at Notre Dame. He had a good yeah. college career. Especially that it would have been his junior year. I apologize. 52 points in 39 games. That's that's incredible. Um, played in the World Championship for the U.S., put up zeros across the board. You know, um, in those next couple years, well, look, listen, every year since last, even including last year, he bounced between the NHL and the AHL. Now, do I think that he's part of Buffalo's, you know, core going forward? No, but when 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 he was at his best, he was projected to be that middle six, you know, high end middle six guy. Has he is has he been stuck behind, you know, a log jam of good forwards in Boston? Yes, hundred percent. Could he be part of the solution here? Yeah, there's no reason he can't be. Is that a great return for Taylor Hall? No, but. You're getting down to the end here. And, Dwayne, you, you brought up something, and, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, that you absolutely hate losing guys for nothing, right? Agreed. But before before we before we touch on that, on the Curtis Lazar thing, it's just I, – I just – I mean, as of right now from, um, you know, what we've seen out of both players – I mean, obviously we've seen more of Lazar than we've seen of Bajor – uh, it's just for me, I just value more out of Curtis Lazar at league minimum than what we've seen so far from this guy at double the price tag for more term. I just think this team has enough bad contracts on its books right now. You know, why take on another one? Because as of right now, it looks to be a bad contract. You know, the eye test, you know, looking for what we've seen, the, the little I've actually watched of Anders Majork and just the uh, from what you see from a stat line wise, I mean, this looks like it's going to be another bad contract for at least another year. And I just, I, I just don't 1. think that's point seven. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. It just, it is. You can, <laughs> it bury, is. You can bury him in the minors. If you feel that way, it's a one way. I think it's, I think he's on a one way deal. So no, I think he's up here no matter what. 
Oh, dude, if that if that sucks, then because I can't believe I'm not sure. I'm not 100% positive. I think it's a one way deal. Maybe somebody can enlighten me in the comments who wants to comment. But I just, uh, I, I even so, what if we end up waving this guy? <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it, it, it's just like, why? Like, I, I feel, I feel like we did a favor to Boston there rather than ourselves. I feel like we did Boston the favor. So the thing that sucks for me is, um, Curtis Lazar is signed through next year. I like him. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. that. I'll, I'll concede to that, Dwayne. If, if you're looking at it as strictly Hall for the second, Bjork for Lazar, I mean, you can make the argument that you lost that trade. I, I think that the one the one thing that, that I'll, I'll have Kevin Adams back here is you've seen – and not to get too ahead of ourselves, I know we're you know we're st- we're still way out of the playoff race. I, I will make the argument that I I think that the optimistic view that I think that we're closer to turning this around or this could be turned around quicker than other people think. Now, the reason I say that is is the young core of guys has played well and played more freely, and we've both agreed on that. Um, and you know, moving a guy like Hall who hasn't been in the lineup the past you know couple weeks or week and a half. So obviously you're not losing anything there. Lazar has been, um, if I'm not mistaken, pretty sure he's been in the lineup. Yeah, he has been. Um, I don't know until I see Bjork, you know, come in and play and see how he gels with this young group. You know, let's let's see how he how, how he fares. Well, right. So. Here's 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 an intricacy to the puzzle, or however you. I'm not sure if I'm wearing that correctly. Apparently, Nick Kiprios on the instigators just now that said Chicago may be interested in inquiring Bjork. There you go. Right. Well, Kevin Adams knew that all along. Then fuck, you're laughing. Yeah, I don't know if he knew all that. I mean, I don't know if he knew that all along. I think maybe maybe that's something just come up in the last. I mean, I, I'm not going to speak for it, but I, I mean, I again, I'm just outside of a few names. I'm just willing. I, there's nobody that's off the table, you know, trade wise on this team. Yeah, other than maybe a few select names, but it's just. I, I just don't want to. I don't want to be taking on bad contracts. This is a team that can't afford to take on bad contracts. We have enough already. Like you know, it, it just you know, we put ourselves in that situation doing just that for how many years now? And now we're in. We've been in this situation where we can't make maybe the right moves that we want to make to make this team better in the long term, even in the short term. Let's be real. It's you know, it, I don't know. I just no more bad contracts. If we can come out of this unloading a bad guy if we gain nothing but maybe a third or a fourth round pick today but we unload find a way to unload a bad contract even if it's like a cody eakin which is a terrible contract i mean and that's a guy even i was kind of sort of willing to give a chance when we acquired him uh in free he's a friend of the program right yeah he's a friend of the program i just i i uh i just you know i if you find a way to unload that contract because obviously you know that hasn't worked out nothing against the guy but it just hasn't you mean, how can you argue against it? Um, I'm happy. <laughs> you know, I guess I'm happy. Just get rid of, just give me some flexibility going into free agency and a few picks to go into the expansion draft with the, you know, maybe you can utilize to get rid of another bad contract, i.e. Kyle Ocposo. Listen, I I've loved Kyle Ocposo's game recently. Listen, I, I am not pretending to say that he is at his best or he has a long time left, but in, in if you are going to go full, Full out youngsters. Let's let the let's let the kids play. Yeah, I don't think it's terrible to have one you know older forward around in the room, and and if that's why he's staying, then I get it. But he's not been playing terrible. You have to agree that if if you're looking at Kyle Poso of the past three years and Kyle Poso of the past ten games, these past ten games have been light years ahead of what he's been. Now, I'm not saying that's that's why you keep him, but. If he's doing more behind the scenes than we we, we realized, then I I get it. I value the cap relief so much more than what what Cap Kyle Post has done in the last ten games. I, I, I so much more I, value. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, we're both entitled to our opinions. I think that Kyle Posto was well liked in that room. I think that, um, what I like this comment right here from from Katsafras. Say Jackson uh, real for, for Lou Lemarello. I think these guys fit the team's ethos so much more than Taylor Hall. Yeah, I don't disagree with her there. Um, him or her. I'm sorry. I can't say that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, don't get mad at me. Oh, Katz is never going to hear the end of that. 
Stop. I don't know cats. Uh, Stevie, know cats. winner of the Eichel jersey. How much do you think it hurt us not having a real GM for this deadline? Um, listen, I think you only get better with time. Like It's like an old red wine, you know? But Kevin Adams in his first deadline, I think he's still got three hours, two hours and 47 minutes. Uh, I don't want to not call him a real GM. I think that's that's tough. I know Dwayne would have no problem saying that. So, Dwayne, you can answer that one from Stevie Weeks. How much did it hurt us not having a real GM? I'm not going to sit here and say Kevin Adams in the long run won't be a good GM, but I think it definitely hurts him that he has no experience leading into this. Um, I think it hurt him in free agency last year. I think it's going to hurt him here. Um, I, you know think- I think hurts him the most not having a fucking assistant GM. So Stevie yeah. Weeks, that's my answer. It's not that we don't have a real GM. We have an imaginary assistant GM. So a lot of times, you know, one person can't be on two phone calls at once, right? Where you can have a very a- depleted scouting staff, a very, very, very depleted scouting staff. I think honestly, I'm not exaggerating. I think it's one of the smallest, if not the smallest in the league. Yeah, but like on like I wasn't kidding about not having an assistant GM. I think we're Oh, no, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think having- Stevie's question that that to me is a bigger bigger hole than anything. Um you know, cuz these trades, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of moving pieces with these. That's when, you know, if 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 KA can, you know, finish one of these deals and instead of being, you know, hung up, you know, ironing out all the details, he can move on to the next one or vice versa. But without an assistant GM, like, what are you fucking doing here? I agree. It's, you know, I think you just need somebody that has, you know, some type of experience um, in the league at at that position, just, you know, helping build a hockey team. And you have nothing. You, you, you literally have nothing. None of that. Like, none of that. And, you, and you've just gutted your scouting department, making the job for the GM even harder. Not even just the GM, the first-time GM. This, I, I don't know. This team, this team hasn't put, you know, put these people in in a position to succeed. I'll say that much. I want to go back to the the Felino trade. So, um, it was Columbus that uh, you know was able to get a first round pick. But listen, and all props to Yarmo Kekalainen. I think I'm saying his name right. Um, he he's been at the 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 class of of general managers at the top of the class for general managers for. You know, at least the past, you know, five years, I think that's how long he's been there. So uh, it was a three-way trade. Um, Columbus traded, you know, him to – they got a first and a fourth from Toronto. Uh, The Sharks then also received a fourth-round pick from Toronto for Stefan Nosen. I played against Stefan Nosen. I thought he was the ugliest kid in the world. He was from Texas, Dwayne. Literally the ugly, and it, for me to call somebody ugly is special. Um, he's been a guy that hasn't had a ton of success in his career. Um, but you know, what do you what do you make of the Leafs doing all this? And 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 let me ask you. This is my main point. Asking this, you, you, comparing the the Hall trade to other trades, you can say that. Sorry, Stevie, what do you got? I'm worried about the thin staff going into the draft. This franchise sucks at drafting, anyways. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. Our draft entry has been, been very light. My point on this, Dwayne, is if, if you look at it, there's two ways of looking at it. If you look at it like um, the, the market was set by what Toronto paid, yeah, then, then the Sabres got fleeced. Or you look at it like, you know, the Jackets really fleeced the Maple Leafs and this was more of an accurate gauge of, of the market. It's tough to say, uh, but it lends more to – to your argument that that a first could have been involved if we go back to the Islanders trade. Um, and I really think that that – if, if you're going to get a first out of this this year, it was going to be from the Islanders. And given all that, no movement clause sucked. So um, it's been definitely a more active trade deadline than I, I, I expected it was going to be. Yeah, and um, again, it's just – it's just difficult as a, as a fan of the team, just to sit back and look and like, be like, you know, what is happening? Like, and now, and and now like we're heading into again, the next two hours and 45 minutes here, just very uncertain of, you know, where we're going to sit as a franchise, you know, going forward, going into the rest of the season, going into free agency, 
We still don't know. And granted, I know we, me and you both think very highly of Don Granado, but we uh, uh, right now we still have just an interim head coach. And as a player who doesn't play for this team, who's going to go into free agency, how do you view this organization right now? Like, how, like I, that that's a scary thing is the outlookers view of this organization. And, you know, who's going to want to come here now? It's just you saw what happened this year in a shortened season. Granite injury and COVID played a big part of that. And you would hope that some people, some people would, th- you know, take that into consideration. But it's just, you know, you, you felt almost fortunate that you were able to sign Taylor Hall this last offseason. Granted, I think my opinion of it, you know, was obviously the $8 million was a big reason why and the ability to possibly play with an elite center and maybe even make more in free agency on a longer term for, for a longer term deal played more apart than anything. Uh, but, you know, are, are you going to get that opportunity now in free agency, even if you have the money? Our team's going to want to like, like, oh God, I don't want to go through that dumpster fire. Like that <laughs> they finished bottom three in the league, like for five out of the last six years now. It's, it's a scary thing. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Allmark now? Cause me and you are passionately on two different sides of this. Yeah, sure. I mean, we can definitely talk let's about set, let's set that. Let's set the tone. Um, the goalie market has been, you know, one uh, that hasn't been huge. There, listen, on the way I look at it, and the way I started this argument with Dwayne, and if it is an argument, it got heated, is that there isn't a ton of teams looking for goalies. Okay, um, for me, you look at it. Um, the most recent trade was um, Calgary gets a third in exchange for David Riddick. He goes to Toronto. Okay, the other goalies that have been traded, obviously we saw Devin Dubnik go to Colorado in exchange for Greg Pattern and a fifth-round pick. Here's a funny thing. I think I played against Pattern, and this guy, if you you recognize the name, Dwayne, because he's been traded at least like every deadline the past five years. Do you recognize the name Greg Pattern? Yeah. I feel for the guy because he's he's just been a throw-in in a lot of these deals the past fucking five years. He's a suitcase. It's yeah, like well, it's like Elchenyuk. He's a suitcase. Hey, you don't say that. Galley's been really turning around his game. I'm proud of him. No, I agree. He has been. But like, what a nice year for Cully to not have to root against the Leafs because two of my former teammates are there and, and they're both turning it around. Galchenyuk's looked like the player that he was drafted to be, uh, and I always thought that he'd be a better pro than Yakupov. Um, he's doing well, uh, even getting some time. Uh, you know, what a yeah. bad draft class. Yeah, fuck. Talk about a bad, a bad leadership from them. Um, that was me. Um, anyways, back to my point. The the goalie market. Colorado, you can look at the teams that were looking for a goalie. Colorado, Toronto at the top of the list, right? You can maybe throw Florida in there, but no, because they have Bob at 10 and, and Draggers, Dredger, Dredger, Dredger. Uh, yeah, Dredger. Um, Carolina's dealt with some injuries, but they're getting their guys back. So I think when, when we talk about Allmark, my main argument is this. Well, maybe you could say your argument first. Go ahead. I just think for me, you never want to lose something for nothing, uh, especially of something of value. I'll never take a player at their word. It, this is a business at the end of the day. It really is. It's a business. And your, wor- and your word in, my, in this business isn't always as strong as your bond. I think that's the saying. For me to see a guy who has played as well as Linus Olmark, I value that and want to sign him to an extension. I Mince no words about it. I want Omark in a Sabres jersey for at least the next two to three years until you figure out what you have in UPL and you watch the development of a guy like Eric Portillo. Um, With that being said, I think with the season he's had and you saw the, the, again, again, the market is only as good as the need. So you have to have teams out there that haven't want a need for a goaltender. You saw you you saw um, Dubnik go to Colorado. You saw Riddick as recently as yesterday go to um, go to uh, Toronto. So there has been somewhat of a market for goaltenders. Granted, that just depleted by two teams, but I think if, those were your two teams, though. I mean, were they? I think it's pretty safe to say that if you're expected to be a. a a playoff team, you need consistent goaltender goaltending from both your goalies. I, I mean, who else, granted, who else you got in mind? I mean, you're you're you're, you're telling me St. St. Louis wouldn't want a, a better backup. Look, they're they're hurting after letting go of Jake Allen. You and I know you're not even that. guaranteed to make the playoffs this year. I, I just think that's tough. 
right? You, you put yourself in that role. Like, and then, okay. So you're, you're, I'll let you finish if you want. I, I, I got, again, like, I, I mean, um, you look at what was going down and I mean, granted, again, they're not really in a position to make a deal, but a guy, a team like uh, the Dallas stars, I know Kadobin just signed a, signed an extension, but he's had his struggles this season and he's been in and out of the lineup uh, a couple different times. Not saying that Dallas is that team, just use them as an example. There, I think there is a market out there for goaltending. Look at San Jose. I mean, granted, they're not in any position to make the playoffs, but they're in a market for a goaltender. Adam Gaudet uh, has been. Yeah, I just saw it. I just saw it. From the Blackhawks get Gaudet and the Canucks get Matthew Highmore. Will that affect the Anders Bork sweepstakes that you just mentioned? I don't know. Um, back to back to Allmark. Here's Kulikov, my thing. Kulikov, Kulikov uh, was just traded too, I believe. And apparently, Getzlaff is open to a move to the Vegas Golden Knights. This is uh, per Andy Strickland. So, I mean, a lot, a lot is happening right now. We're getting, we're getting into two hours till deadline, and you know, a lot is happening right now. So, so my, my my comment on Allmark is this: You said you don't want to give him up for nothing. I, I I'm with you on that, but I think it's a part of hockey, and it happens. I think you go to this. If the return you're going to get back is negligible, and what I mean by that is if it's like a third or fourth or a fifth or a sixth-round pick, and, and is that really accurate of what his value is? Maybe in this marketplace and today, sure, but I don't think it is. I think you gain more by keeping him and allowing yourself the exclusive rights to negotiate his contract for the rest of the year. Now, granted, is that a guarantee that it gets done? No. But I'd rather – your argument was that if he's not signing an extension by 3 p.m., trade him, right? I, I, I'm just not willing to take a player at a – Ah, you're changing. That's what you said earlier. Yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just I'm just piggybacking off that, saying I'm not willing to take a player at his word that he wants to sign here. If and you want to sign here, then just sign here. I think if the, if the offer was a third-round pick for Allmark, I think he's worth more than that in a normal market. So for me, I wouldn't take the third rounder going by your logic that, well, you're getting something for nothing. No, you still have the rest of the season to negotiate with his agent. Okay. Now I I get that you're saying you're not taking a player at his word. That's fine. But at this point, you're still giving yourself a chance instead of trading him and just saying, fuck, we're we're getting something for him. Well, no, you know, we're running the risk of losing him as a, as a UFA. But at least you know we have the we can continue conversations up until the year's out. There's let's make let's not make any mistake about it. He has been a lone bright spot here in Buffalo. Just looking at the record of him in that versus him not in that is fucking crazy, crazy. Um, so it's that that's where I'm at on that. I, I'd rather keep him, um, and and try to continue to try to negotiate as long as you know. You give yourself a chance to keep him here. I think he's part of the solution. And again, I don't disagree with you. I want to see Linus Olmark as a Buffalo Sabre long term. It's just the grand scheme of things. I think two two of the biggest reasons we were in this this team is in this situation it's in right now are a bad, signing bad contracts, dealing with bad contracts. Two, you see players leave for nothing. It's happened multiple times. I just don't want to see that happen here. I don't want to say, especially when you're going into an expansion draft where picks are very, very valuable, very valuable. Like if you can get a second round pick out of Linus Olmark, especially if there's not really any indication that he does truly want to sign here. Again, I, I know we talked about it earlier. I know you're, I know there's, you're, you're taking both players at name value. Obviously name value of one player is much higher than the other, but you go back to what happened with John Tavares between the Islanders and the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was not the exact same situation, but Tavares came to the team and said, hey, I don't want to be dealt at the deadline. I haven't made my decision yet. The team took him at his word. They He made them feel confident that there was a chance that they were going to resign him. And then once he hit free agency, went straight to Toronto and had some picture cooked up of him in Toronto, Toronto Maple Leaf BJs sleeping in his bed at, back at home in Toronto. It's just – you know, I don't want to see that happen. Again, name value is much more valuable than Tavares compared to Olmark. The return, you know, just, just on his name alone, you're getting a much bigger return for John Tavares than you would for Linus Olmark. I just don't want to see us to be put in that position where you're seeing players for leave for nothing. And my argument was this. 
The Islanders lost Tavares for nothing. And then, you know, the doom, the doom and gloomers say, oh, they're, they're, they're finished. Look where they are now. They're, they're in great shape. I think they're better off now than they ever were with Tavares. Now, I I'm agree. Not saying that's a direct, like, that's a direct reason because of it. No, but I'm just saying that players, you lose players for nothing all the time. It's not the end of your franchise. That's what yeah, I, 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 I agree. My argument, not arguments that, but my, my, my response to that is, but they could still be the same team they are now today, and they would be, and to boot, have draft picks or maybe even prospects, you know, that were already in Toronto's pipeline or whatever team's pipeline from that that I already added to this mix that they have that's winning so and playing so well right now. That's all I meant. Is you know, and I get again when you when you say players leave for nothing, who are you talking about? Are we talking about guys like you know Curtis Lazar's contract ends and we and we let him walk for nothing? No, or he had another year, Jimmy. I'm um, no, but you know what I mean. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just using him as an example. Or you know, when we had Jimmy VC letting him leave for nothing, or this guy leave for nothing. You know, like you know, what? Who are the players that are leaving for nothing? Are they bottom line league minimum type players, or are they players that you know wherever they're going are you know could be you know, what, you know, one of the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? One of the solutions to that team, or would have they been a solution to this team? I am full agreement. I want to keep Olmark, but I just don't want to take players at their word anymore at, at all. Especially when you're talking about a team that has finished dead last, how many years in the last five, it's just, can you really be, like really believe that a player wants to stick around for even more of this? I don't know. Especially a goaltender. I I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see Allmark re-sign uh, a long-term deal. I think he's it was worth the $5 million a year. That's a whole other conversation. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the Sabres retool. I think that, uh, first things first, I think you signed Don Granato as your coach next year. I think you give him you guys see Hall is driving to Buffalo to play us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's first driving to Boston. He's driving to Boston so he can be in the lineup to play against us. So and and it's funny like all the conditions this year. Like Lazar talked about it in his interview on the NHL Network, or I think it was just press call with Boston that they have to like uh, it has to be a private transportation. Like which every like they're not gonna fucking hop on a metro bus or a train to go to Boston, right? Yeah. But just that it has to be like said that. They're, they're driving in their own cars, and that's private travel. Like, how else are you going to get there? Like, if me and you were going to Boston, we'd probably drive our cars there, right? And we'd, yeah. be, we'd be okay to play under COVID rules. Um, Yeah. Listen, the, the thing that stings, or I know maybe it doesn't sting, maybe it works out well for us, is that we play them, what, seven times still? And we can really shove it up their hoop, right? I don't really know. Shove it up ours. The boys are buzzing. I don't expect them to do well. I just think that if, if we can see more growth and development out of our young core, that's exciting for me. Um, I, I, I've, I've always wondered, you know, what would it take to get the most out of guys like Middlestat, Darlene, Tage Thompson, um, you know, and Cousins has played well no matter who has been his coach. But I think there's more upside in that. And I think you saw in Kruger an unwillingness for, for him to play um, or, or, or maybe unleash – some of the younger guys. And that's exciting for me uh, on the flip side of things. I know we, we may, maybe touched on this. One of my favorite players growing up, Jeff Carter um, is now a Pittsburgh penguin. The LA gets back a conditional third and fourth. Um, you know, Carter's at the end of his career. He's obviously a proven winner. I liked him all the way, dating back all the way back to Philly, him and Mike Richards used to be my favorite players. Um, and to hear some of the stories about dry Island and shit like that. And to hear their interviews is great. Um, he has a chance to win in Pittsburgh. I think that's a good deal for both sides. But going back to LA, Dwayne, they're in the same boat with an, a Buffalo guy, Alex Iafalo, friend of the program. Um, you know, I got to skate with him, and um, you he's know, from the I, he's from Buffalo too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. My brother and uh, sister in law are real close with him and his dad and his sister. Uh, shout out Jules Iafalo. She's a heck of a player too. Um, so is the old man. Um, crazy story about Mister Iafalo. He never really played hockey growing up. Just kind of picked it up late in life. Owner of the the townhouse, the bar, great great little spot, great wings, Dwayne. I know that's a South Towns bar, but great spot. Um, couple clicks for me to try to follow. He started playing hockey late in life, and the guy is a fucking stud. Like he is an absolute wagon, Dwayne. 
Um, so, but, but Alex has had a nice career. Uh, he's a 27 year old. I think it's tricky for, for the Kings because, you know, they're in a rebuild, but he's right in that age deck, that, that age bracket that could still be a part of that. It looks like that deal might get done today too, from how everything is indicating the IFALO thing. It looks like they're getting close on it and make it the deal done today. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's similar to, to what we're going through with Allmark. I think that, um, you look at value. I, I think I is the better player, but you know, different positions, different values there. Um, it's interesting. I just think it, it's it's cool. It's going to be cool to see Carter on the other side of that Pittsburgh Philly rivalry. Um, another trade, you know, to it's kind of got lost in the Hall Shuffle. You know, Ottawa trades Mike Riley to Boston for a third round pick, and uh, he's a good D man. He's only getting a third round pick, right? Yep. Um, so it's just interesting to see the the different values this year with with everything that's going on. Uh, former captain of mine, Brian Lashoff. I play with him in Kingston. He's been a career minor leaguer with a handful of NHL games. Uh, he's a world junior gold medalist for the United States. He was part of that, that Tampa Bay, uh, Detroit trade. He went to Tampa Bay as well. So really good guy. Wish Lash nothing but the best. He was a great captain on a, on a losing team. Um, I don't know, looking back at this way, and I, I think I'm more impressed with what Kevin Adams was able to get for Brandon Montour. I, I, for Brandon Montour too, um, and I'm not going to put out any names out there. I have a friend of mine who visits a bar in Lewiston often, and there is a certain executive, and I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not even sure of his title. Um, certain person who works for the Florida Panthers, who for the past three to four weeks has been very vocal about how much he loves Brandon Montour. Um, he's been very, he's communicated this to me quite a few times. He said he always goes out of his way when we're talking about this team to talk about how much he likes Brandon Montour. So I personally think that based off, I have no reason to believe that this person is lying, that um, that was more or less maybe a little bit of an overpayment by Florida because they really liked the player. And they had a huge need with Ekblad being out for the season. Yeah, that sucks for them having Ekblad lose, and and you're not going to fill that hole just with Montour, but um, no. hopefully he can eat up some of those minutes. That sucks. You know, Ekblad has been a guy that I like. Um, I'll use this analogy again. When you look at Florida, somebody who struggled and, and had a lot of turnover at the GM and coach position, but you look at their big three of uh, Barkov, Huberto, and and um, Ekblad. I compare it to the likes of you know Eichel, Reinhardt, and Darlene. And for a team for them that, that has been, you know, mediocre to bad for, for just as long as the Sabres have here, for them to finally get things turned around, it's hopeful for me that the Sabres aren't that far away, right? It started, it's, it started last year in free agency. You saw some of the smaller deals they made. They brought Duclair in for a year, Verhage for two, for two million, which is hilarious. Um, it's just, I, I, you know, I, uh, they, they've been doing it the right way. They've essentially for, become a little bit of a blueprint here for teams to follow along going into this next free agency period of how to build your team for some type of even short-term, short-term success. And that's, uh, that's what I want Buffalo to do. I don't want to see Buffalo sign guys to long-term deals. I want short-term deals. I want you to give these kids like your Roostalainen, like your Bryson, like your Borgen. I want you to bring guys in that, you know, uh, you know, help, help give these guys some time to develop and become full-time NHL players, you know, and you can do that for you know for have and the cost not be as much and the term not be as much you know it's like essentially you know finding a goalie you know what we were planning on doing with Hutton you know have Hutton be a bridge to Olmark and you know or now now we have to go find another goalie to be a bridge you know to whomever I I, I don't know it's just I I want to see short-term deals I want to see you know play with the cap here a little bit in the off season and try and find a way to get rid of like an Eakin contract because right now you have about $10 million tied up in your fourth line and that's not good. Yeah, it's not good. Um, it's for me, it's, it's going to be interesting to see the, the way that that free agency hits this year. Yeah. I go back to any earlier questions. Um, Oh, Stevie Weeks just asked, what are the chances they keep Granado? What do you think? I think Granado's making it really hard for them to, you know, not give him not not give him a chance. Like he 
and for a tryout for the job, Granado's doing very well for himself. And I think we all know that the Pagoulas are probably aren't looking to pay top money on a coach. And I don't think Granado's going to cost them a lot if he were to be, you know, were to be considered for the job. So I, uh, you know, I, I think there's a good chance they keep Granado, especially if he finds a way to get 500 hockey out of this team. Now, I'm not saying they have to have a 500 record, but to play 500 hockey, if you know what I mean, like where they're not out of any games. Like this past game, uh, I guess the Capitals, like they weren't out of it at any point. Like they got down and they they came back and they fought. And it was it was against the Capitals? I think it was against the Capitals, correct? Their, their past win? Uh, yes. Um, they fought. After being down two nothing, at no point during that game no, as a fan. You talking about the Sabers? Oh, the Flyers with the Flyers. Flyers. Sorry, the Flyers against Hart. Yes, I remember the goal. Yeah, sorry, I apologize. It's the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, at no point during that game, even when they were down early, did you believe that there's no way they're coming back to win this game because they were performing and they were playing hard and they were playing well. They were playing. They, they, they were they were playing. You know, you know, good in front of their own net, in front of their net, in front of, in the neutral zone. It's just I, never any point did I get those feelings that I had under Kruger where I was like, oh, God, we're cooked. They, they fought right up until the end, and they took control in the third period, which is something they've been had a very hard time doing this season, you know, playing well in the third period. And they came out and they won a hockey game. And go, going back to that game against the Capitals, and uh, there was like another game against Jersey, they were in those games too. That game against the Capitals, they were in that game. They they were never out of it. I mean, they came back. They made a late push. They you know they played well. So they this team is night and day uh, with Granado uh, um, compared to what they were under Kruger because they're never out of games. I think that's the biggest noticeable. That's the most noticeable difference is they're never out of a hockey game anymore. We're never sitting here as a fan thinking like, oh my god, there's no way. Like this is terrible. This is that. You know, it's dooms. You know, doom and gloom. Under Granado, it's been much different because that's what it was like under under Kruger. Yeah, I, I'm 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 all with you on that. Um, I I think that the big thing for me is Granado. You, you two, two two big points for me. I think you, you're on the right path with the the Pagulas not wanting to pay top dollar for anybody, but you have a solution in Granado that's already here that has shown the willingness to you know get the most out of our young guys and and help us turn the corner. Um, you know, in the right way. I think that Kruger had an idea in mind that, you know, wasn't really the best coaches to me, Dwayne, are the ones that are willing to adapt and, and to their situation and get the most out of their guys. I think Kruger had an idea of what he wanted to do coming in. And I think he sold the Pagulas on that idea and they were willing to have his back on it, but you have to be willing to adapt to what you, what you have and not only adapt to the players you have, but the league you're in. Um, and I think that that, that hurt Kruger a lot, that he was unwilling to kind of waver from what he had in mind. Um, but another, uh, you know, going back to, to cats, um, my apologies for, for, for messing that up. Um, <laughs> trying to get his question up on the, on the, on the screen here. I don't know if you can do that. Oh, uh, cat? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. Me, Jack, sweeten the deal for Lou Lamorello. Uh, I think these guys fit the team ethos. Um, Everybody knows about Lou Lamorello, his no facial hair policy, you know, how he does things. Um, I don't want to say that Taylor Hall wouldn't have fit there. I just think that um, I think Palmieri and Zajac just fit the mold so much better there. Um, going back, I really, Dwayne, one of the most interesting things you said, by connecting the dots between um, Greg Wyshynski's comments about Taylor Hall's no movement. Well, it's not even just Greg Wyshynski's kind of. It's coming straight from Taylor Hall. Said the no movement clause definitely helped me make help make me a Bruin. This was a team I really wanted to be a part of and really wanted to join when he was made aware that he was being traded a few weeks ago. Like that's that's coming straight from Taylor Hall. And that's why you don't give them the no no move clause on uh, for a player like that on a one year deal. Like you just don't give them that no move clause. If you have to have that player, pay him more so he doesn't have a no-move clause, if that's what it takes. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, I have it hard to believe him and his agent say, say no to an extra 250 k on top of the $8 million just to waive a no-move a no clause. Uh, as being maybe, hey, you know what? No, I just thought of it. Maybe that was part of their their thing coming in, that, hey, 
no matter what. Like that was one of the starting pieces. A, he'll sign. Maybe that's why other teams weren't willing to sign him or he wasn't willing to go to other teams is because they, they didn't put that no movement on the table. Maybe that's why everybody was so surprised with Buffalo, but maybe the starting point for his agent was, hey, uh, before we talk numbers, no movement clause has to be in the deal, you know? So yeah. maybe it just progressed from there. I I, I I feel better thinking about it like that than, than getting towards the end of the negotiation and they, they say, his agent say, hey, we want the no movement clause. Is that good? You know what I mean? No, I don't know. We're talking about behind closed doors, but yeah, and or even so, if there has to be some type of clause, have it be what is it? They have the limited, they have the limited trade clauses, don't they? Where you can, where you have to have the player provide a list of ten teams beforehand, like that teams he'd be willing to go to. Isn't there? Isn't there like a clause like that too? Like a limited trade, uh, no move clause. Yeah, there's limited no movement clauses. So. I mean, at least at least that. If there has to be one involved, at least make it that. So you're not handcuffed as Catamat Ems himself isn't just handcuffed to just the one team, you know, where there are offer there are better offers on the table elsewhere. Which would which is what it seems there was with the New York Islanders. So and that's just that one report that's coming out. There was allegedly a couple teams involved with Taylor Hall as of yesterday. So I don't know. We still have Two hours and fifteen minutes here up until the deadline. I, uh, you know, hope that we get some good news here leading into this. I'm just, I'm, I'm always excited for deadline day, regardless. It's always an exciting day, just as a hockey fan. So, we'll see what happens here. What teams change even more dramatically now in the, over the next two hours, if at all, um, and just the news that'll come out afterwards. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited, and we, uh, you know. Two goalies, one Mike, I, myself, and uh, I think Ty B will be uh, coming to you live a little bit later in the day with an update on on trade deadline, whether it's right at three o'clock or beforehand. We're, we plan on become, uh, coming out live again at least one more, one to two more times to discuss the deadline. So stay tuned for that, and uh, be sure to, um, you know, uh, when you, uh, you know, remember that. Uh, this show is brought to you by manscaped.com. Um, when you use the code word trainwreck, you get 20% off your entire purchase plus free shipping. Um, I personally have the lawnmower 3.0. It's an unbelievable product, an unbelievable razor. Um, has the built-in flashlight as waterproof in case you're in a hurry and need to uh, shave on the go and you have to do it with the shower. It is completely waterproof and it has a protective guard to protect your family jewels from any nicks and cuts. So be sure to get over to manscaped.com to, uh, and use the code word train rack for 20% off and free shipping. So, uh, you know, fun episode guys. Um, again, hopefully we'll come here live again a little bit later and we'll have better news for Sabres fans everywhere. But, uh, you know, you know, had a good time, Cully. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm still a little bit depressed from last night. I, uh, you know, very, very, very disgruntled over the return. Um, but I guess, I mean, it is what it is. And we'll see what happens here in the coming hours with Linus Olmark and the Buffalo Sabres and the rest of the NHL. Enjoy the enjoy the day. Enjoy the deadline day. Um, good luck to you and Ty B later, Dwayne. Yep. Uh, well, this has been Episode 60 of Two Goalies, One Mike, brought to you by Manscaped.com. Again, use code word TRAINWRECK for 20% off and free shipping. We will see you next week.
do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.